0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast. Live, and well, not live, not live at all, <laughs> from the desert again, yeah. Um, we actually have some uh, news today. Um, I know the second round's not done yet, but it's almost done, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, without further ado, we're going to go into some news Uh, for once instead of just talking about just, uh, the rounds themselves, um, as we have enough towards starting to get to where I can do more episodes, uh, periodically instead of, you know, doing it at the end of the rounds. Um, so yeah, first off we have, uh, two retirements for you. Um, one guy, uh, I mean, and also just keep in mind, um, this episode is not, going to be entirely all about the um nhl there's gonna be a lot of uh, a couple and ahl uh stories in this as well um speaking of ahl uh ryan bork uh is known for his play in the uh ahl uh he has announced his retirement from uh professional hockey at the age of 29 Uh, That's kind of a young age to retire from a sport, wouldn't you say? Um, Hopefully he's all right if uh, anything happened uh, as to why he uh, is retiring so early uh, in his life. Uh, He's played parts of nine AHL seasons with the Connecticut Whale, Hartford Wolfpack, Hershey Bears, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, and the uh, Charlotte Checkers. Uh, seems to be all the Eastern Conference teams uh, rec- recording 85 goals and 118 assists and 585 career games also ap- uh, appeared in one NHL game with the New York Rangers uh, must have been uh, when he was part of the Hartford Wolf Pack because uh, that's who the uh, affiliate for the Rangers is and uh, he has represented uh, USA on an international stage uh, winning gold in, two- uh, in 2009 under uh, 18 uh, IIHF World Championships and the 2010 uh, World Juniors. So um, that's uh, a good resume to have, uh, at least internationally. Uh, can't scoff at that. Um, and Mike Green on the NHL front has announced his retirement uh, at the age of 34. Uh, he's played 15 uh, parts of 15 NHL seasons with the Washington Capitals and the Detroit Red Wings. And he played two games with the Edmonton Oilers this past season. Uh, <laughs> Ken Holland really uh, probably is loving that uh, that trade, huh? <laughs> um, recording 150 goals and 351 assists in 880 games, uh, won the Calder Cup with the Hershey Bears in 2006, and named uh, first All-Star team uh, to NHL in both tw- uh, 2009 and 2010. Uh, he's represented uh, Canada twice, winning gold in the 2003. Uh, IIHF World Championships under 18 and silver at the 2008 World Championships uh, for the men's World Championships. So uh, congrats to them on their retirements and hopefully uh oh now they do good with their future endeavors. Uh now we have uh some more news here for you. Uh New York Rangers have named uh, Jacques Martin as his uh as their new assistant coach. Uh, as also since uh, Lindy Ruff has since left the team to go to the uh, New Jersey Devils to become a head coach again Um, yeah uh, Jacques Martin uh, spent uh, these past seven seasons with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins as both an assistant assistant coach as well as a senior advisor of theirs as well so uh, congrats to him and hopefully does well for the Rangers Uh, Manny Vivieros uh, some AHL talk uh, will be the first head coach in Silver Knights history. So, who are the Silver Knights? For those that have been living under a rock and don't really follow the AHL, well, the a- uh, AHL, uh, as you know, every team has an affiliate. Um, the St. Louis Blues. All right, we'll we'll have some Blues talk too, because um, at the end of this, um, after the break, but um, so the whole chain of events with the whole. Ever since the the Golden Knights came in With the AHL thing So the Blues' uh, Affiliate was the Chicago Wolves When the uh, Golden Knights came in They didn't have an affiliate So they were sharing one with the Blues And then uh, Something happened to where The Golden Knights took over The full affiliate uh, Partnership with the Chicago Wolves Fun and dandy so then, the Blues uh, took over Colorado's uh, team, the San, San Antonio Rampage, as they were they had their own team coming into the league, the uh, Colorado Eagles. Um, so fine and dandy. So then, turns out that the owner of the um, well, first off, no, we'll back that up. Um, so the Golden Knights wanted to. Have an AHL team closer to, you know, Las Vegas. So then, when they have to call people up, they're not having to fly people from Chicago all the way to uh, Las Vegas, um, if it's like a home team, uh, home game situation, and so on and so forth. So they're looking in the AHL, say, "Hey, who wants to sell to move?" and um or re- who wants to really relocate um and the san antonio rampage were like hey well we'll move and so they are doing that uh so now they uh are uprooting from san antonio uh, moving out to henderson nevada uh to become the S- henderson so Sil- uh silver knights so that left the blues with a <laughs> second time the golden knights uh, have taken an ahl uh team away from the blues that's a uh, something so now they're with Springfield Thunderbirds um but yeah Henderson uh, Silver Knights and their very first head coach Manny Vivieros and he uh was the head coach uh this past season for the WHL's Spokane Chiefs uh where they had a 41-18 4-1 record through 64 games so that's a pretty nice record um don't know if he has any other uh, coaching accolades besides that, uh, but this is just the key uh, thing that they uh, mentioned, um, which I, I get, I want to say, like 95% of all of my news I get through the Complete Hockey News uh, Facebook page, so that's also where I got that from. So i got to give credit where credit is due on finding these kind of stories. Um, now we have some... Um, Good old uh shit That's what this is. Uh um NHL has announced that the Arizona Coyotes will be forfeiting uh their twenty twenty second round pick and their first round pick in two thousand twenty one, uh since they were violating the uh combine testing policy, uh where they were basically, you know um Outside of the window that they're supposed to have with players, they're trying to, like, get, like, stati- uh, stats and all that uh, kind of stuff. Um, outside the window, that they're supposed to. Um, and the Coyotes are already out of a 2020 first-round pick since they traded that away in the ter- Taylor Hall trade, which then makes this uh, this upcoming draft and the upcoming offseason season uh really interesting for the coyotes to say the least as they um have some decisions to be made um like how the fact that they are kind of they're spending a lot of cap right now and they don't really have much to throw around and they've got people to resign uh, especially a guy that i just mentioned taylor hall give up a first round pick for him only to bounce that would really suck so um be interesting uh, it'd be great to see them do something with that um also some more uh, controversy and uh stuff like that nhl um is investigating the former uh florida panthers general manager for the second time in his uh career uh, year, uh career as a uh, front office guy dale talon for apparently using uh racist language while inside the bubble in toronto so um with all of the um all the stuff going around in the uh, NHL and just sports in general and just the world in general right now on the ending racism front. Um, yeah, that does not look good. <laughs> does not look good. But at the same time, not not trying to give him an excuse or anything. But let's be real. All right. I mean, I know there's you know not, I'm not saying all old white men do, do that, but I'm saying. I mean. He's you know, there's what they say uh, from a different time is what they say. Um but regardless being racist isn't is not you know acceptable. Especially in this climate. It's definitely not acceptable. Never is it I mean it was never ever acceptable, but um uh but yeah. He's uh under investigation for that. Um uh, but yeah, on to um more upper happier news um golden knights uh this past game uh first game for mark-andre flurry in the playoffs or at least yeah either the playoffs in general counting the i don't know if he played in the round robin but i know he hasn't played in the first round uh or the second round um or at least definitely not the second round um but i digress it's, uh, first start, uh, one five three. so, uh, it's instant, uh, interesting statistic from, uh, the guys at the 4th Line Goon Hockey Podcast, go ahead and listen to them, um, if you uh, haven't yet, and, uh, also, if you're over there on their, which you also have a Facebook page, uh, don't, don't be afraid to, uh, let them know Easy Hockey Review sent you, uh, over there, cause, uh, got some good shit going on over there, um, Mark Andre Flurry has not lost a regulation game, a regulation game at which, in speak, that's playoffs as well as the regular season against Vancouver in 14 years. So, as a Penguin, and especially now since they play more frequently, he plays them more frequently, being in the same division now since he moved to Vegas, has not lost a regular a regulation game against Vancouver in 14 years. And to go on to that uh, interesting uh, statistic that they uh, put out on top of that, uh, last time he uh, lost to the Canucks was in 2006. Uh, George Bush, George W. Bush, not H.W., old George W. Bush was president at the time. The iPhone was not out yet. And Post Malone was still in middle school. So, um, interesting facts. Interesting facts indeed. But, uh, but yeah, without further ado, uh, let's get into second round updates here. Um, today, um, well, by the time that you guys here listening to this, uh, if you listen to this, like, right as it drops, uh, it would have been yesterday, uh, but it was more today for me because it was in the morning. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, defeated the Bo- uh, Boston Bruins and eliminated them, uh, in five games to go on to their first conference finals since 2016, where they went on to get beat by the Penguins in seven. Uh, but hey, they're in the, uh, conference finals, uh, after the underachievement that they had last year, uh, getting swept by <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets as they were the, uh, uh, as the Lightning were not only, uh, You know President's Trophy winners But also tied the uh, Regular season points record Set by the Red Wings um, Only to lose Four straight in the first round Last year So say say John Cooper and company Were not happy about that exit And they're currently proving it right now And I am You know I'm really happy for them Really happy for them And old Patty Maroon uh, Hometown hero baby uh, he uh doing some good stuff with the lightning too. Uh it's good to see. And it's also good to see that a team that Pat Maroon's on and uh <laughs> defeats the Bruins again. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, screw the Bruins. I hate the Bruins. The Bruins can go, you know. Uh just get on out of here. Uh next up, New York Islanders. Currently lead the Flyers 3 to 1 in uh, well, three games to one, uh, can clinch uh, today at 6 p.m. Central Time. I uh, haven't been to the Conference final since 1993, uh, which is the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. Because uh, also the interesting tidbit is who beat the Islanders in that 1993 Conference Final was the Montreal Canadiens in five games. So, um, interesting information. Uh, now on to the Golden Knights. Golden Knights lead their series. Uh, three games to one against the Canucks. They can also clinch tonight at 8.45 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I'm going to start announcing all times in Central Time. So, just to have some continuity, because when I get back from the desert, I'm going to be in Central Time. So, that's why I'm switching to Central Time. Uh, and they haven't been the Conference Final since 2018. Uh, beat the Winnipeg Jets in five. Uh, in their inaugural season, nonetheless. Which then, they went on to go to the Stanley Cup Final in their inaugural season. And got beaten by the Washington Capitals, who have never won a cup before in five games. And last but not least, certainly not least, currently my second favorite in the... Western Conference right now. The Dallas Stars. Those lovely, lovely Dallas Stars. Turning it on when they need to the most right now. Um, Because we all know scoring wasn't an issue with them. And they've just been pouring. It's pouring on the goals. Um, After Robin ended. It's pouring on the goals. Uh, They lead the Avalanche what you'd think it'd be the other way around, but I am thankful that it's the, its not that way right now. Uh, they're leading the Avalanche 3-2 in their series because they lost yesterday. Yeah, I want to say they lost yesterday or is this morning? Um, yeah, Stars lead their series still 3-2. Can clinch tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central Time. And they haven't been to the conference finals since 2008 Where they were beat by the Detroit Red Wings In six games um, When the Red Wings Were still part of the Western Conference So uh, goes to show how long that was been That's been Because that's how words work About 12 years Roughly 12 years um, Yeah That's a long while And uh, after that uh looking at their statistics they uh had a lot of uh dry spells like little spot dry spells like they they'll miss the the playoffs maybe one to three years in a row and then they'll make one and then they'll be out and in out and in but uh but hey if the stars can uh continue the the momentum who knows maybe Dallas stars can win the Stanley Cup save Jim Nilla's job and also, save Jamie Ben and Tyler Sager from getting traded at the end of the season, uh, if uh, you know if they were to, you know, if they again because I guarantee you that would have been a, a one of three things that have happened if the uh, Dallas Stars like got ousted in the first round, let alone like early, like fast in the second round, where I guarantee you Jim Nill's job would probably in jeopardy. Either that, Jamie Ben would probably get moved to shake things up or Tyler Sagan get moved just to shake things up which honestly even though yes I am a Blues fan number one should I like any other teams in my division no however I will make an exception for the Dallas Stars because when I was stationed in New Mexico and all that uh, Dallas and I'd always go to Dallas you know every, now and again um, just kind of grew into really starting to uh, like that team uh, and all that But um, But yeah um, I do like the Stars I am a fan of the Stars um, I have my picking orders But uh, But yeah Hopefully Stars can uh, just Put an end to it tomorrow uh, No need to try to Push for a game 7 All right, Just, just, just take it in 6 Just please just take it in 6 Go to conference finals so then the Golden Knights can beat you um Although, I mean, I'm not gonna get battered up over it, you know. Because now if it was, it was the Knights and Blues in the Conference Final, and then I'd, I'd be, I'd be conflict, I'd be conflicted, to say the least. I'm not gonna really gonna be conflicted if it's Stars and Golden Knights, which it could very well be. It could very well be, and it'll be an interesting matchup, to say the least. But anyway, um now we're gonna dive into the St. Louis Blues uh portion of the episode but um yeah we'll get to that right after this break alright everyone so diving into the blues corner alright so first off St. Louis Blues your 2019 Stanley Cup Champion St. Louis Blues the meme will live on until the 2020 Stanley Cup champion is crowned. I have made this my point, And I will stay with that. Um, definitely an underachievement. Now, after the um, season ended for the Blues, uh, at the hands of the Canucks losing in six games to the Canucks, um a lot of sound bites been taken from the blues since then uh first off Jordan Bennington basically you know summarizing say what he says uh well said what he said um that basically because you know goalies you know have to they are trained to you know, take out the fan noise and just focus on the game right well when there's no fans in attendance you know it kind of screws at your brain you know and um, you know he was missing that fan atmosphere which you know can be said for you know the the blues and just I guess the lack of gumption is what uh, Darren Pang would say lack of gumption um, definitely not like the 2019 Stanley Cup champions that uh, the team that went on to do that um, to say the least all at the same time I mean because we can't really take this past regular season that just wrapped up abruptly can't really take that into account anymore you can somewhat take into account with the personnel that you have on the team but other than that there's no momentum, nothing because everyone sat for the exact same amount of time, and everyone had to go trying to fan some wind into their sails, you know. And the Blues didn't do that, um, but also it came out that um, Doug Armstrong, general manager for the Blues, uh, said that apparently twenty percent of the Blues roster, because uh, you hear how the Cardinals have had uh, on, in the MLB, uh, the Cardinals had a uh, freaking COVID uh, issues. Uh, with people getting that, uh, apparently twenty percent of the Blues roster had it, uh, COVID nineteen uh, prior prior to the uh, phase three of the return uh, to play program, and uh, apparently, um, I mean, yeah, that would affect uh, their fitness level uh, throughout the remainder of that return to play program to go, you know, do training camps and all that. I can, I can get that. But um I'm just hoping that he wasn't putting that out there to basically use that as an excuse because it's not an excuse for the lack of gumption for the play at hand. I'll 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 honestly give you the, I'll give them the mull- I'll give them a mulligan on the whole fan atmosphere thing because that very well is uh true because also. uh uh, another shameless plug for the fourth Lagoon goon hockey podcast um in which i am no way affiliated with at all um but just a good a great supporter of them um that they're making a point in the last episode that I, I heard of theirs i want to say it's their one that's latest out um if they just haven't put one out today already um basically finding it interesting That Jordan Bennington, because, you know, he he does well with the fans and he he did well last year. And then he didn't really do well this time around. Well, Jake Allen, who tends to not be that good with fans in the stands. And then without fans in the stands, he was great. (laughs) Really great. (laughs) So that's kind of an interesting um, um, observation. Um, But yeah uh that's an observation to be had there um yeah they got a lot of stuff to figure out this off season um hopefully we don't lose too many pieces and hopefully we don't lose uh Alex Petrangelo which apparently per Darren Dreger of TSN um St. Louis Blues apparently made an offer to uh Petrangelo uh this either this week or this past week I don't remember when I jotted that down Uh, Apparently, there's still uh, a lot of work to be done as per usual for a a top tier free agent uh, to get him to stay in St. Louis, um, which is why the whole um, this ordeal. Apparently, a Toronto radio analyst, uh, Dean Blundell, uh, is saying that the Leafs and the Blues may be talking up a trade. Uh, and he says that he has some very solid sources, um, that they are thinking about a potential trade package that will make a, uh, quite the splash into Toronto. And I will go as far as to say it'll be a splash for the blues, not necessarily in a good way, but for Toronto, for sure, uh, shedding some cap because they paid $40 million for four fucking players. Uh, So according to his sources, as we we calm down here, uh, Andreas Janssen, Timothy Lilligren, and the 15th overall pick that the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs acquired from the Penguins in the uh, Kasperi-Kapanen trade uh, to go to St. Louis in exchange uh, Colton Pareko Oh, Colt fifty-five is what old uh, Darren Pang would say. Um, no. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, and uh, by the way, yeah, no. Now, I have no doubts that Timothy Lilligren will surmount to some really good, you know, and it. And in a great NHL career. No doubt. I like Andreas Janssen's play. Although... I would be a little bit more swayed to take this trade if this was Kapanen. With Olegren and not Janssen. Janssen, it means... I mean, he's good. He's pretty good. gotta say he's pretty good. Um, But... I mean... Because then you have to really weigh, I mean, and a fifteen and a fifteenth overall pick can do us wonders too. I mean, even though yeah, we have a, a pretty solid, you know, um, prospect pool, say the least. Uh, we still got guys that uh, we just drafted. and We still got guys that we drafted maybe a couple of years ago, and still haven't really seen them hit the. Roster like a ma- as a mainstay. Cairo still hasn't been a mainstay. He's been there mainly for injuries, uh, like he was in this uh, off season. Uh, has is yet to come up. It's like a full time stay, um, and a whole bunch of defensive guys still waiting for Billy huso to come up. Which is that's another thing is that you can trade, you can figure out the whole goalie situation. Um, cause I doubt, I highly doubt Jake Allen stays with the blues after this season. If he does, I'll be surprised. I'll honestly be surprised if Jake Allen doesn't get traded to draft. Honestly be surprised and then bring up Billy Huso to back up Bennington. Um, cause everyone has been clamoring for, for Huso to come up. When's Huso coming up? When's Huso coming up? When's Huso coming up? Well, he, I mean, who knows? But, um, back on this trade, this potential trade, uh, <laughs> I mean, what it, and, I mean, and also, I am a fan of the Leafs, too, which is, int- I mean, in all honesty, which is, if there's any team that he'd go to other than the Penguins, I would love to see Pareco, you know, a Leaf. That'd be cool. Um,. And it would help them because his contract's only 5.5 for a couple more years. And it would really help them on on their back end, which they need help with. Which this, in Toronto's case, is a really smart play. Very smart play. But, and in all honesty, I mean, fanfare aside, I if I'm just looking as a blues, the blues general manager as Doug Armstrong, I wouldn't really have, cause here's the thing for fanfare is why I hate this deal. Okay. Let's get this out of the way for fanfare. I hate this deal, but at least because I, I like Colton Pareko's a blue, I don't mean, you know, as Toronto, you know, as a Maple Leaf, I'll still, you know, Cheer him on and all that, and even if he wasn't a leaf, I'd still be cheering the Leafs too, but not against my Blues, but still, you know. But as the general manager, if I was general manager, because we know armchair general manager, the um, then you really have to ask the question: If I pull the trigger on this deal, if this deal's real. Is Petrangelo staying? If Petrangelo stays... If it... If it takes getting rid of Pareko to keep Petrangelo... A blue... Then... Then once... Then we get to the point to where you have to weigh your options. Like, well, on the one hand... You know, it secures his legacy... And... Potential to have, you know... A captain... To bring this team... Because he, you know... He was part of the twenty nineteen Cup team, man. You gotta have that guy to take you, take you back to the Cup again. You know, it would be great to have. I mean, yeah, there's other guys that could probably, you know, take the the job. Like how, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have been clamoring to put the C on old, old, uh Ryan O'Reilly. Um, which, uh, if uh, Petro does leave, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, get the uh, the C, um, or another player potentially get the C, um, but at the same time he's out for a uh, a lot, so I would I wouldn't think that he'd get it. Which we'll get to him in a second, um, but yeah, be, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see with uh, the with the kind of with this kind of trade it's all going to just kind of have to come down to how well the uh the blues are going with uh, the negotiations with Petrangelo because i want to say that i said that i'd be surprised if they signed a, if he signed a deal before October 9th which is when free agency opens i'd honestly be surprised if he doesn't go try to see what he can get from another team but Um, but hey, at the same time, if he really says if he really means what he says and wants to stay in St. Louis, I mean, why wait till October 9th to find your worth? You know, why just not sign? You know, why not sign before then and prove that you really want to be a blue, you know? But yeah. Uh, Because Colton Perico is kind of a tough pill to swallow to lose. I mean, because on top of of that, you know, he's also kind of inexpensive to us, too. And he's really good. You know, yeah. Should he, you know, for a guy his size, should he be, you know, giving the body a little bit more and be a little bit more uh, rough, as they say? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it's still something he can, you know... Learn, and you know, take the off season with uh, Baruby and coaching staff, and be like, listen. You're six foot five, all right. Probably damn near seven feet tall with your fucking skates on, with your big old freaking um tree of a stick out there, laying the body, man. Freaking make the team on the other side pay. For coming and trying to score on our goalie. Like, make him pay. And I just hope that we don't lose Perico. I hope we don't lose Petrangelo. But hey, it's business. It happens. And um, I hope that they can resolve keeping both. Um, Which then brings us to the elephant in the room once again. Vladimir Tarasenko, VT ninety one, the tank, the tank engine. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, by now, I want to say either next week or this week, we uh, will be having yet another shoulder surgery, and won't be evaluated again for another five months. So it's September first today. When five months from then would be February, so basically what that tells us is that he's not going to start next season. So LTIR again. So it's also seven and a half mil off the books. Um, good for the Blues, but also bad for the Blues, but also good for the Blues. Good for the Blues. Well, first, good for the Blues, seven point five off the cap. Bad for the Blues; don't have that sniping, that sniper shot that Vladimir Tarasenko has. But also good for the Blues again because it allows a guy like Costin or any of the other up-and-comers to potentially fight for a uh, a spot on the roster to stay where the blues don't really have to spend much if they can just come within themselves to have, you know, a guy in the AHL come up and take a spot, you know, bottom spot and then bumping people within the current roster now up the uh the chain uh in the uh the lineup. But now we really Really, I don't know if really anyone has asked this question, but I and once again, fair, fanfare aside, we really have to ask ourselves the question: What do we do with Vladimir Tarasenko? Because I and I'm gonna just come out right out the gate and say and bring a correlation between him and Robbie Fabry. Now, I know Robbie Fabry and Tarasenko; they're both NHLers in their own rights. Yes, but Tarasenko isn't on a much different tal- caliber than Robbie Fabry. All right, much different tal- caliber. Although he was looking pretty well, pretty real damn well, um, before his first ACL injury, rehabbed, came back, freaking tore the other one, and then came back, didn't really have a good time and they uh, shipped his ass off to friggin uh, the Red Wings and then we have Dale La Rose now but now I have to ask the question also with the cap issue that we also are facing with the fact that we're trying to keep Petrangelo on the team what do we do with uh, Tarasenko and that 7.5 million dollar cap do we try to ship that off somewhere do we like what do we do? Because he's been getting... After his v- first uh, shoulder injury a couple years back... Uh, it's always... It's it's a nagging thing. You know? And, I mean... Fa- and as I say, fanfare aside. Because believe me, if fanfare was a part of this... I would be like... You know, y- you like him too much... To get rid of him. But at the same time... Especially for our team... Like the Blues, you know, which, you know, also, once again, it's a a special circumstance, to say the least, with the whole early exit thing. I mean, I'm giving them the mulligan on this year, but at the same time, you know, do you really want to take that mulligan and just try to do it all again with the exact same people? Or do you want to tinker? Because... Well, regardless, you're gonna to have to somewhat tinker because the fact that he's not gonna be reevaluated for another five months, so and the fact that the season apparently is gonna start in sometime in December, from what I'm hearing. Although I heard January, now I'm hearing December, so regardless, it still would be uh, within um, not in the window of the five months of reevaluation for him. So, this the season would be started by then. So, I don't, I don't know what you really do with uh, Tarasenko at this point. I mean, I guess you could just hold on to him for one more year. Whenever he comes back, see what he can do. And from there, then you really have to ask yourself that question because guess what? Next off season is going to be fucking hell, fucking hell. Why is it going to be hell? Well, there's a, a team out in uh, the northwest. By the name of the Seattle Kraken, that are going to be uh, come knocking on the door, being like, "Hey, uh, one player, please, uh, give us uh, give us a player, any uh, any player that you're not protecting, anyone," um, and we'll have to ask ourselves that question: Who gets moved during that uh, during this off season to make uh, cap room, and then who gets moved next season? Because I'm willing to bet Allen leaves this year. And if terasenko's injury is an issue again, I honestly wouldn't see. Um, I would not be surprised if he was left unprotected. At the, uh, I mean, I know he has. An, I want to say he has a no trade clause, so he kind of has to be. But at the same time, they can ask him, "Hey, do you want to waive that? Can you waive that?" Um movement which I guarantee you he probably won't because you know he's a gushing blue you know <laughs> so which also goes back with the whole trade thing because you kind of have to ask him hey give us your list because you're kind of uh being an anchor right now but uh, but hey if they can produce if they can produce without him at the same time and yeah that could prove it'd be a proof of concept that hey you know you don't really need him to win but at the same time uh, if you have the cap room and can make everything work, you can keep him as like an extra little piece of garnish, you know, to put on there, a little bit of pizzazz on the, uh, the old lines. But, um, but yeah, uh, this just, uh, all I know is this off season's is going to be quite an interesting one. Not, uh, it's going to be one like we've never seen before. Uh, this whole COVID-19 stuff has really, uh, Really shaking this uh, league and the whole world to to a fault. To say the least. Um, Really putting things into different perspectives. um, And how you work things out. But uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. And it'll be interesting to see what the rest of uh, the league does on October 9th. When the free agency opens up. And I'm I'm sure that October is gonna be quite a fun time for all fa- uh, fans of their uh, res- uh yeah respective teams, and I'll certainly be watching closely as to what that does and uh, gather my thoughts on that and uh, sp- spew them on the uh, the old airwaves here. But anyway, uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe if you have yet subscribed on the podcast side on all nine services that this uh, lovely podcast is a part of um, wherever you listen to podcasts um, as well as on the YouTube side of things um, and the audio only on YouTube um, and whenever I come back from the, the desert once again uh, videos on the, po- on the YouTube side will come right back And um, getting rock and rolling But anyway uh, Like, share, subscribe on the YouTube side Rate and subscribe on the podcast side And I will catch you all in the next one Thank you very much